we are all here together for the first time in a while, and this is episode 100. And I want to ask everybody how you have been enjoying the world I've created. And I don't want to have a battle on this. I don't want to have a we hit, you hit, blah, 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 blah. For sure. Should we track you her down first? Scene. No. Okay. <laughs> um. I, I completely. I so fucking missed you all over the past couple of months where we have not been able to record. And I did not want to make this episode our 100th episode of fucking battle. I wanted to make you do something together and you absolutely fucking did. Like goddamn champions. Elias wore me like a fucking backpack. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were in the front. I was like carrying you like, you know. I was a baby Bjorn. Yeah, kind of. And you're, yeah, you have the base of the axis behind Just call me. Call me Jansport. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I'll, I can go first. Um, since I was the kind of last addition to the the team in a way, because I was initially a kind of a little hesitant, you know, um, just in the sense of timing and uh, clearly my schedule does sometimes impact how often we can record. Can um, we really, swap that word for, of impact for fuck up? Yep. Disrupt. <laughs> disrupt. Um, did detonate. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so it was, uh, you know, but after doing Myths of Kandala and really kind of, kind of living the world a little bit and after listening to several of the episodes, you know, I really admired how you let the players develop the world and kind of define aspects of it in conjunction with the things you kind of develop on your own. I thought that was a really wonderful touch, which you don't see I think as often or here as often in certain, you know, actual plays or real plays. Um, there's a lot of really wonderful, like rich worlds out there um, for sure. But I really loved how like how much trust you put in the players to help develop yours in particular, because it's that's and that's a, a hard thing to do because, you know, as some of the writing background myself, I know how hard it is to kind of relinquish control over something that you're very excited about and just kind of, you know, not even like, even if you're not super possessive of it, the sort of trust you have to have in other people not to like maybe put something in there that you, you're you not excited about. It's It takes a lot of trust. So um, that's something I admired about you right off the bat. Uh, and just what I enjoyed then kind of hopping into the main campaign with bringing Triss back to Greenspire was <laughs> just how well the cast kind of all then took up that challenge and took up that mantle of, you know, we're establishing a world, we're building this story ourselves. And it's kind of all on us equally to do so. So, and it it was just a really fun camaraderie uh, to be a part of. And um, honestly, you know, all the, the wealth of, uh, you know, rich detail that you provide to the to the world is, is amazing in of itself. But I really think that the, the players or our relationship to you in particular is what makes me um, really excited to roll dice with you guys every week, honestly. I, OK, I'm going to go die right now. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love that, dude. Oh. Thank you so much. Of course. I just tell the truth. So <laughs> stole everything. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's why he went first. Yeah. <laughs> right? I just I like how you lean into the absurdity of everything. You know, mm. like you'll say something stupid as like a throwaway line. And Pat's like, no, 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 no. That's it. Let's That's, dive in. We're doing that. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, I don't know. That's my thing. I'm not going to. I don't have a lot. To say it because no, I no, but on that, like I, I say dumb shit to. I'm like throwing a line out, and I'm waiting for something to come in, and if it comes in, cool, great. If not, well, yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's how you just improv. I I love it. I I really wish I learned how to play D and D so many years ago. Ugh, same. <laughs> I really like it, it has 
legit changed my goddamn life. Yeah. I, I've become a better person just to not only be around all of you fucking amazing people, but also be able to, like, play random games with people who've never played. I, I, I do it quite a bit, and, and nobody here ever really hears about it, but I play random one-offs just to get people to learn how to play D&D. And their experiences and their stories like they're shy they have a stuttering problem or they have something else going on it's just they don't want to be in a group cool i'll i'll be there and if it wasn't for this i wouldn't be able to do that yeah i think you have a lot of skill with improv in that way and that was something that drew me to like when i was uh just listening into it uh because i knew Faye and became a fan of the podcast uh i had observed like how uh you interacted in these ways that were very collaborative, very improvised, and it created this more cinematic, immersive feel than I was used to in D and D worlds. And um, you know, I, I most of the D and most of the actual plays that I listen to are a lot shorter length episodes than we usually mm-hmm. make here. But I found it so immersive <laughs> that I was able to get through the bat- backlog, and I was really happy to join it and be a part of it. So. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, also, thank you, Pat, for allowing me to like reconnect with a family member I hadn't, re- like, D&D in general, like, when uh, Nate found out I played D&D, I was like, oh, let's reconnect, because we hadn't talked in a very long time. Yeah, it um, had been a while. Yeah, I mean, different coasts, of course, make a big difference, but a little bit of an age gap, too, but, like, yeah, yeah, we hadn't talked in a long time. I, I couldn't get to his wedding, unfortunately, all these things, and then suddenly, we now we have this platform where I get to see a beloved family member, like, oh, you know, when I, my schedule's not, again, imploding everything you've worked so hard to build, uh, you know, <laughs> It's good to see him like every single week. And that's that's such an honor and a and a gift. So, you know, um, thank you both for, you know, um, if Nate for first telling me about it, and then Pat for kind of embracing me that way. And then, you know, now we got some found family with Matt and, and Otto over here. So it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Bill, thank you for bringing your insanity of your characters here. Well, yep. so. <laughs> <laughs> love you, too, just, Ty. Just the one card, actually. <laughs> Oh, there will be more. I hope so. I had some fun ideas. Elias will die soon. (laughs) I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. kid. You don't know. Like, it'll only get worse. Like, you you man. I meant to let you know before, like, before we get to the final combat of this arc, I do want to let you know that I'm cool. I'm okay if Lyndon dies. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna find out who dies very I'm soon. I'm not. What? <laughs> that would not be okay. I, I want to come back. In a back I want to come I back. I can bring in a backup Tina. character. We just teased a, a possible connection there. Don't die on me, man. <laughs> My scar, buddy. I'm gonna come back. If there's one w- thing that would turn Resden dark, it would be that. Oh, I want to no. come back as a one T oh, no. turning into uh, uh, a T turning into a human slowly. That's my concept. <laughs> But they're but they're a wizard, so they have to like learn all this stuff. So they're just like Nega resident. Is Patrick taking notes? Uh, it just yeah, starts with a snake that's kind of like you. So always. Also, I have audio uh, notes, so thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess I can uh, say something too, since I've been playing with Pat longer than the rest of you, and um, uh, it started as me putting out a random Facebook post about five years ago, maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little longer in a, in a, in a random D and D page, and Pat was on that page, and he answered my thing and said, "Hey, I was getting ready to start this little campaign for the first time. I'd love to have you." And uh, that turned into like this long uh, uh, 
couple, almost a year of us playing that year and a half at with least some dude. friends that we made. And, uh, I ended up running my first, uh, campaign as a dungeon master shortly after that with curse of Strahd for almost the whole thing. We made it through that almost was the whole a thing. fucking blast. Um, <laughs> and, uh, then we had this grandiose idea after Pat having worked on the sea dogs podcast, um, as we get an experience on what to do and what not to do and what he liked and what he didn't like, uh, took his creativity and his knowledge of podcasting and came to me one day and say, Hey, I want to do this. Um, you on board? And it's like, fuck yeah. And, uh, <laughs> started out with coming up with some names and, uh, man, you came up with the term cast of many things, which was just the, to me, that was just like, all right, that's a great spot. <laughs> Yeah, cast I of many things. Honestly, I couldn't believe that anyone, no one else had taken it at some yeah, point. Like, no I, I was like, "Holy shit!" This like kind of like little indie thing that could mm -hmm, uh, is mm -hmm. the thing that really that got to that first. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, and then we uh, we got a, a we found an artist online somewhere. I don't know if you still talk to him or not. He kind of did some art for us. Uh, I think for free. I don't remember. I, I will. I will uh, reach out and uh, make sure to tag his name. Yeah, at, we were really uh, appreciate that we still use it to this day and. Uh, um, and we started with um, some folks that you ran a, like a one shot for um, some gals that later we realized with that, that it was a uh, Faye and cat. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, we started our little podcast here as uh, the misfits guide to adventuring. And a um, hundred episodes later now we've got a, I've got a whole new set of friends from when I started. Um, and when Lyndon came on board, it was right after a, uh, uh us losing Cat as one of our players, and mm -hmm. he came in and filled the void and fit in magnificently, and it's been amazing. Um, I remember meeting his character the first time in Doug's bar coming up, and uh, just immediately he put off this vibe of, okay, yeah, he, he's just a chill dude. I, I like this Linden character. Um, and uh, then we got some, uh, I can't remember, it was Otto and then Tyler. Wait, who, who started Otto was, first? Otto's before me. Yeah, so okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, because <laughs> I played with Tyler in the, it, I played with you in the uh, adventure, or the Sestoria adventure yeah, first. Toby. Yeah, okay. Adventures that's in right. Montreal. Yeah, yep. so that's Myths where. Myths of Kandala. Yeah, um, so that's where you initially met Tyler. Mm -hmm. So the timing there was kind of like similar timing, but I had played Tyler first separately and then in the group. Um, but yeah, when Otto came on, it was extra cool because I can't remember if you were we you were already doing some background stuff for Pat at that time or no. Yeah, I yeah, had signed yeah, on. Yeah, I was doing like the editing for that Myths of Kandala. So that's like right. A tester run kind yes. of thing. Yeah, I think. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. it was just so damn good. I didn't well, know. Yeah, and then I we just did like know talking just to you. Now. And... That's when you started, actually. Yeah. I didn't know that, like, because, like, when I stepped into this, it felt like Atreus had been a part of this group for <laughs> such a long period of time prior to Elias getting there. Like, the chemistry between the three of you is just, it just it, so good. It's so great. Four of you, really. Um, we just love so Atreus was, immediately. Yeah. So I was, I'm yeah, so happy that Elias kind of. stole my fucking ice cream sandwich. <laughs> Oh, yeah. this injustice oh, yeah oh yeah i mean so just rude. immediately fit in perfectly and just like hey guys it's in and it was like oh i'm gonna get down to business too let's murder these fuckers you know and we yeah, killed some people and we, we bonded over some ice cream and some yeah. ship theft and uh 
Um, and then uh, it was literally to- like we stole the ship, and then I think went to Greenspire and met Tyler. Yeah, yeah. No, he f- you, there was a couple places between, but I mean, he flew in shortly thereafter. I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. He I did. ran. He ran. <laughs> yes, and then I got picked up by some guards. Um, yeah. I, I don't always murder the villains I fight, but when I do, they've stolen an ice cream oh sandwich. My God. Yeah. <laughs> True injustice. Yeah. And then I had that little gap. There's a little gap where I had to miss some stuff. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Time. I went to uh, uh, Death Spot and you missed it. Yeah. And then like found out that dragons are real. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of like going back to like when I was first creating Elias, because I, I had heard um I followed, saw this like Arlington Arcana, right? The uh way of the ascendant dragon, which now I think actually given the Fizz bands like um with that collection, right? Uh I forgot what exactly called the God mm-hmm. of Dragons, whatever. Um that like Dragons, yeah, I think so. Treasury, yeah, like that. that like solidified the class. I'm still kind of Elias is still based on the um, Unearthed Arcana one, technically, um, which is not too different to be honest. So uh, he's not broken. Okay, don't at me. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so um, you know, it was it was kind of wild. I was like, oh man, I kind of want to do this, but he's like, well, dragons are really they're just kind of myths in the world, and I'm like, oh okay, well then I'll do it on the the idea of what a dragon might be, or like the like they're like based on the mythology and just and that kind of created such a unique sort of character building experience for me too to be like what if a guy just like believed really hard in something um and then like because belief is in my opinion just like such a powerful facet of human you know experience right Mm -hmm. uh and so like it, it provided such an interesting way to like play with character development as well it's like what happens when a belief is then like, inc- like you know every that's flipped on its head where it's like all right dragons are myths and then it's like you find out that they're just everyone else has kind of known about this which is hilarious in and of itself <laughs> um and then he's just like never thought to ask right um but then it kind of like presents a really interesting challenge like well how do i go on from this point so and i think that's really one of the strengths of the podcast is that there's a lot of these like ridiculous things like ice cream sandwiches or jorts you know that like <laughs> like you're not necessarily a crocs or something like you don't really expect to kind of just prop pop up in like a almost a high fantasy-esque podcast or like you know yeah. setting right or aliens um, you know or aliens th- right throws in uh, his own custom kind of character these, yeah you don't expect <laughs> these sorts of things but then you know it kind of gets naturally tied to this really kind of poignant, you know, um, character development and world building to the point where it just, it's become such a unique and enjoyable experience. Like that's that scene where I like where Elias um, the scene, uh, but when he lights the uh, the pyre like on fire with his breath, like was such a huge change for the character from when I first started, which was kind of like, all right, what if All Might basically came in and was kind of like, but had like a secret personality where he's just very, you know, just kind of unsure of himself and kind of whisper all the time to other people, mm-hmm. like in a different voice. And like, and he's, he's taken such a huge, like, you know, p- not a pivot, but he's like, you know, taken a huge turn since that just initial inception of Kandala. And so, and I would, that wouldn't have been possible without like the chemistry of the cast and like, you know, UPAD allowed us to kind of play in that sort of setting mm-hmm. but like purposely with this kind of ridiculousness as Otto was saying juxtaposed with like the very deep character film so if you guys don't get to play I don't get to play so clearly it's been months god damn it fuck oh sorry again <laughs> yeah not if we're fault. talking if we're talking <laughs> about character plop. development I had a question for Matt mm. Uh, mm. when yeah you, let's ask these other questions yeah when you yeah. thought about Resden 
I got the impression like early on you, you it seemed like you were intending him to turn evil. And we've kind of gotten to a point in the story here where either things that like interactions that Lyndon and Resin have had or interactions that you've had with the Yuan-Ti underground uh, Pat as like in the world building has been calling into question the definitions of good and evil. Like how mm. how do you foresee Resin without too many spoilers? How do you foresee his character growth? Like how do you how did you envision that versus how it developed? Um, well, how I envisioned it early on and I ran some of these by Pat just like willy-nilly not like this is what i want more like this is what i'm kind of envisioning you can play with it however you want was that uh at a certain level the curse would take hold and it would be almost irreversible in a sense and pat could play with that however he wanted you know for a while there i was thinking like level 10 um but now it's level 10 and you know stuff changes but um there was no real sense of like turning like I never put down a alignment when I created this character. Um, I think that's an outdated concept anyway mm. with D&D. Um, I think that my very original concept was inspired by Raceland from the Dragonlance novels. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, it's fucking great, too. Where he was just... Yeah. He, he, instead of having like the brotherly tie that Raceland did in the Dragonlance stories, he had a tie to his mother and lost her because he was off chasing childish fantasies of being a well, lack of a better term, like an Indiana Jones type archaeologist adventurer type character with his so-called stepfather, who then, lo and behold, left him to die. And he uh, encountered this curse that changed his life forever. And then he met Kat and uh, um, uh, Tina and they turned they like immediately the character I had in mind completely started changing from day one because we were getting our hair done and going to beauty parlors and stuff like okay this i never bend and snap shout out to faye for that whole concept of like bend so the, <laughs> yeah. yeah the the road <laughs> literally the multiverse went off episode yeah. two three from what i had planned and it's like i've always stayed true to the fact that you know every level he's going to change a little bit but every level he's been changing a little bit based on influences from his friends too which i think is a really wonderful way to explore character growth because i think often in D, you look for you look to leveling as like oh cool the next thing i get to play with uh, and that's usually a mechanical thing right mm -hmm. but and you're like oh i can't wait to be able to do this at this level right um but you know you've you've really masterfully tied like a heavy burden almost like or to to leveling up which kind of gives it almost like a, a little bit of a dread or a little bit of like a like a time clock or like yeah, a like yeah an like an anxious anticipa clock or uh, anticipation <laughs> anticipation mm, i can speak good words i can <laughs> speak the words good um you know there's a mechanic like that in a system that i used uh that was like magical girl themed where it was like madoka magica where like there was a doomsday clock as like you can only level up a certain number of times and things start going wrong Oh, wow. That's yeah. And, but and like, you know, but and that's a system kind of geared with that, like yeah, it was built right with that sort of idea in mind. Um, whereas, you know, D&D, &D, you know, is really a combat similar for many, for many ways. Right. Like there's it's kind of built towards these sorts of encounters. Um, and so the fact that we kind of you kind of organically did that is really beautiful. 
uh, to think about. Thank you. And also, it really is. Yeah. And I think like Pat, you use and just in, by extension, everyone in the the cast uses the system a lot more fluidly. I think than um, other things I've listened to. Um, you know. And like, you know, I've, I've people stretch it for like the bit or the rule of cool, for sure. I've heard in a couple other other things, but like doing it for the sake of like, you know, just develop more story or like not. It's not even like bending the rules necessarily. It's just kind of like it's there. It's a structure, Plain. but like really kind of being like, well, where can I bring this? Right. Like this in mind. All right. This is a mechanic that's going to have to deal with, you know, how is it? gonna affect my journey mm-hmm. right as uh-huh. most as opposed to like oh i've leveled up and now i get to do this yeah um i, I think it's equated really... to like surfing where you're kind of just riding the waves that come your way and sometimes you sometimes you go under but you come back up sometimes your board breaks but you go get a new one but most of the time you just follow the waves are leading mm-hmm. the way and you just and that's you a gotta great, go <laughs> yeah that's a great no that's a great way to put it because i feel like a lot of people would you know probably try to say that they they, they don't really like ride the system they try to make the system work for them Mm -hmm. right so um i think that's awesome um but i I would actually never i'm really curious to see like how nate came up with linden um you know kind of coming from this like talking about the system right um very clear this is pre-tasha's guide to everything which with which presented uh rules for um people of mixed lineages uh, and like the concept of race and things is kind of a very widely discussed and, you know, kind of hotly debated topic within D&D. Um, so coming up with like a tabaxacokra and then also kind of had like, you know, kind of creating a sort of environment for these sorts of things to occur. Like, how did you guys <laughs> kind of uh, go about, um, you know, fleshing out this idea of of, of Lyndon and uh, I guess making it fit into the world? Make it happen. He can't fly as far as he wants yeah. to. Well, it began with uh, my own interest in uh, the fact that Pat's world used a lot of hybridization of different D&D races, that it had this, um, I think, slightly less problematic society than the traditional, like, Faerun-type world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I enjoyed that, and I wanted to explore that. So I tried to think of the most out there hybrid I could and also satisfy my own uh, burning need to play a tabaxi whenever possible. Uh, (laughs) But uh, he's sitting next to a catchery as we speak. Yeah. So that's, that's how it started. And then the middle of that process was me sending Pat um, articles on how cat bird copulation might work. And, Oh, uh, (laughs) Oh Oh, God. And Pat being like, no, stop. You can make the character. Just don't tell me anymore about this. And uh, as far as like his personality and all that, it um, it stemmed a lot from like I'm a fairly religious person and I thought, what can I contribute to this world? And one of the things I admire about like fantasy authors is when they can put in a really compelling portrayal of faith that can be a part of different cultures. So I invented a religion and shoved it into Bat's world. (laughs) You really went in on that, though. Like, yeah, I'm very and I had to. With that. I had to try to do my own best to try to play his NPC characters that he created for me <laughs> as <laughs> best oh. as I could. But luckily, yeah. I was given a mom, which is fine because <laughs> I could just like play yeah. it as a mom. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did great with that with Sayar. Yeah. Also, yeah. great name. I think, yeah. Serenita, Sayar. Yep. I don't know. I really admired that, like, getting to Greenspire and then finding out that you had, like, basically fleshed out that whole place and, like, the whole religion behind it. Because I, I'm not, like, a super big D&D nerd. This is my first, like, campaign I've played. It's, you know, 
it's been great. But I was just like, oh, Sayar is just like a D&D god. This is like written into like, you know, D&D lore. Serenita. Uh, it's okay. It's My mother gives off the... that vibe. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, right? Mm. It's written into the D&D lore, like, obviously. But then finding out that it was something that you had just, like, created for this character out of just, like, a love for the character and for, like, this world, it's very compelling and very, like, inspiring, for sure. It's, it's trying to play a character that he puts in front of me where I don't know what the fuck to do. It's like, <laughs> okay, mom, religious, yep. Just make her stiff and just prompt. Like, this is what she believes in. Do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> you have this, like, you have this really interesting sort of, like, tendency with the tendencies of your NPCs, which are, you know, they're varied, of course. Um, but they always have, like, this, like, flexibility to them, right? Like, as if they, they're also still learning as they go, right? Mm -hmm. They're not, yeah. like... You know, because I'm always learning. It, yeah, no, exactly. But like that's how <laughs> that's how people are. But people are right? always you know learning. what I mean. Yes. Like it, yeah. they, you bring a sense of humanity, for lack of a better term, to a lot of these folks, enemy or friend, right? That kind of makes me feel like, oh wait, they're making mistakes. Like they're you know choosing things. It kind of gives it this background of agency, which I really admire. Because like you know, for all intents and purposes, a lot of NPCs and other media. A representation such as video games, right? Or very, like they're meant, they're they have fulfill a particular particular function, right? Where it's like they are there to sell armor at exorbitant costs, and so you get like a feat to like this video game character, right? But like there's only so many times that and that NPC, their voice actor can record so many lines, man. Yeah, no, I have and I've done it, right? Um, right, and it's but it's, it's a lot. It's, it takes like, a lot. Four days, vertically, but like really, um, you know. <laughs> Those things are very like, but they're still static, right? And that's why some people yeah. are like, oh, AI voices, blah, blah, blah. don't do it. Uh, anyway, no, um, right? But this, the fact that you can breathe this agency into these these characters, and even like in some of like very professional productions where you know the cast or the DM may be like, um, you know, a famous voice actor, or they might be a very like uh, proficient improver from like that's gone. You know, they're they're professional entertainers, right? Yep. That have had like incredible training. You know, I think that your NPCs really hold their ground against anything that they create because they have this like sort of every and it's it's rare that every single one of them can have this trait, but they somehow do of this vulnerability and this this sort of like uh, this is what even like Patty, right? His idea, like he just is the elevator man. He's like that's all he's, he is. He's me. He's me. But yeah, he's, he's you. Me. He's you. But he has this characteristics of like Patty's gonna have to deal with like this. Like we feel bad for Patty. Like, Patty lives in the fucking like. Patty fucking lives there. <laughs> he lives there. Like how do we he not did. know this? Like man, he used to. How did Patty get to this? And he's like super he chill. Used to. Yeah. Oh he used my to. gosh. But he's super yeah. chill with this sort of life, yeah. and it's yeah. like. We, yeah. yeah, you know what? Like, that sort of thing is what I really love about um, Anthreal in general. Yeah, well, then you had Doug. how compelling that character and your was style. that when you said Patty lived in the warehouse, all of us were like, oh, no. no. <laughs> no. Exactly. And like, what is Patty's most interesting thing? He's, yeah, like, Patty's never done anything. I mean, for at least when I've played them, he's basically like had some quick one liners like bring us up and down Greenspire yeah. uh, and then like help me light some fires. And that's basically <laughs> it. And the fact yeah, that but, we were like, holy shit, he lives in the warehouse? Like, with just that amount of context to him is like that's it's a it's a testament to your ability to kind of create that sort of um dynamism to your characters and and uh, i think it's, it's a really great skill uh that's only continues to get better and better every time you play i, I oh, really um, really fucking appreciate that <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to admit to 
being man what's the best word to say is being being uh amazing not no no no, <laughs> no I'm this say is not a, this too. not this is not necessarily a positive thing because that's a, but i'm being vulnerable and i was not immediately the biggest fan of gimlet and <laughs> i was like what the fuck is he doing bringing he was an not alien into a fantasy on. setting what's what the hell and episodes went by and he showed a character growth in an NPC that I hadn't even seen on like some of the professional stuff. Was where... it the one where he was hitting like you and him were side by side and like hitting fucking seagulls? Well, no, 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 no. It wasn't like one episode. I'm just saying I it just no, the but, course like, there was of... that one episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, the course of the episodes, I could see that you I started catching on. I was like, OK, he's got this idea. He is running with it. He's he's enjoying it he's being part it's almost like a dm run player um but still an npc but and he's not you know and you weren't doing it to like like some i've seen dungeon masters out there that they they want to be part of everything so they create a character that they can run with the the crew and everything but that's not why you did it you did it because it added to the story you had Mm. this whole plot of this character this creature this species that we found out later and that he also was taking on traits of all the people around him like literally absorbing their friendship their love and creating and it was kind of like a metaphor for how spending time together we all take on (laughs) kind of each other's got it dude yeah (laughs) it's like so i mean i fell in love with the character and then uh we dropped him off, and it's like I find myself sometimes missing the little shit. Yeah, um, yeah it was weird. Like, so I had that. The episodes with him, and then like I, so I had a similar reaction. Like, ah, oh, uh, you know, I didn't spend as much time with Gimlet, or last I hadn't rather. Um, but then I really missed him when, like, when I came back and he wasn't there. I was like, oh, where's where's Gimlet? Because we had this great moment in the tunnel of where he was really upset, <laughs> right, with that other like, no, I'm a maker. This is what I did. And it was very like violent, big. Mm-hmm. You know, am I gonna have to fight him to like get him to calm down? And we had that beautiful moment in the tunnel um mm. and then i was i was thinking about it. i was like you know pat just chose a really interesting point in you know because like sometimes in these worlds you'll have like oh these people came from beyond the stars millennia ago <laughs> and like that's and you choose them but they've been naturalized to the world for a very long time right but like their origins could have been very much like from beyond a different plane or beyond a different world or whatever um, but we just don't see it like really happening in the moment. And I think it's a really deft move to be like, well, they like these, this essentially alien species or this extra planar species, whatever you want to call them, like basically came to this planet and now they're kind of being exploited, right? Um, for a resource that they provide. And like, how would the natural citizens of this world kind of respond to that would they be like you know and it's it's an opportunity it's a really it's a complex and difficult story uh-huh. to tease out because it's like uh-huh. how would you it's like well you know they just d- disrupted a large portion like part of their whole world destroyed a lot of like what on was you know and it's like you could see how that would breed complications to relations with them if people even knew about them which they don't which is so nuts uh, you know, and it's it's so it breeds this sort of like insight into like, wow, if you got some people together that knew the actual origins of how the world evolved and if it involved sort of people that were being exploited, would they actually step up and do something uh-huh, about it? And like uh-huh. that's a really powerful heart to a story, you yeah. know, um, and once I kind of like realized that after like a few 
you know, thinking about it, I was like, man, alien. Okay, that's a little weird. But then I'm like, oh shit, this is what he's going for. It like really kind of blew my mind um, about how, uh, you know, such a, a, you know, a guy who's just like this kind of easygoing, he's got this little painting of himself on a microphone. Like his little, hey, by the way, guys, uh, <laughs> listeners, I'm not sure if we've ever told you about this. And if, if we have, I apologize. But there's a, he's got this little windscreen. <laughs> On top of his blue yeti microphone, uh, take a screen, take a screen, Jagger. That, oh, I'm recording. Uh, that has a, <laughs> it's basically a little markered version of his own face on the microphone. <laughs> so it's just it's funny. But like this, this guy out of Connecticut somewhere just came up with this incredibly deft thing, like without being one of these professional entertainers or writers or anything. He just did that naturally, and I think that's mm-hmm. such a powerful indication of how gifted a storyteller he is so you know i I knew say hold on i do have to say like you when it got to the point where as players we felt it wasn't safe for gimlet to continue with us so that we could keep him safe because (sighs) our characters cared so much about this little alien character that you had made you like dealt with that like basically not losing the character forever but not being able to play him for a long time you dealt with that so gracefully it was just kind of like yeah okay that makes total sense like and it it was very um I admire that a lot because I don't know if I'd be able to do that with Atreus you know like if you guys tried to leave her behind I'd be Uh like no what the fuck (laughs) like I'm coming with you so I really admire that too just being like yeah okay fair like that's what your characters would do totally I understand you know and just like going with that choice and like being okay with it (laughs) because I know like a lot of uh like a lot stronger players have like had moments where their characters are reunited with their families and then you know families they haven't seen in years and years and years and they're like they're like okay well bye i'm gonna go back off with my adventuring team like see you maybe in like six months you know and it was such a real moment of gimlet being like i don't want to come with you like i i haven't seen these people in literally years if not like half my life at this point like you know choosing that over the call of adventure is something that a lot of players uh, and DMs would not be able to do. And it Uh made so much sense for the story and for the character. I really admire that. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's very, uh, um, you can associate it to your real world, you know, whether it's graduating high school and have to go off to college and leaving what you know behind or just any type or, or getting, moving in with a loved one moving somewhere new like way up in canada (laughs) yeah (laughs) or or from east coast to west coast or whatever it may be you know it's like yeah you know we've all been through something like that where it's a tough decision you have to say goodbye to people you've been around your whole life Mm -hmm. and it's very easy in a fantasy world to not reflect those sorts of choices Mm -hmm. you know and because they're the, just NPCs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're not going to care if mechanically I leave for it'd be great months. to have someone like Gimlin around, but yeah. not as interesting, you know, especially yeah. when he needs to do something else. And the fact that we know what he needs to do, mm-hmm. I think, says everything about you know the wealth uh, of this world. Yeah, I have a question about Atreus. Um, oh God, I don't know. If, no, I, I hope it's, I can it's mostly I just know. it's mostly just general positive feedback that I oh. I feel like. <laughs> Atreus is like when you kind of built her home and her background as a very different sort of society than the rest of Sistoria, that that was very powerful and that it's they're they're an indigenous group that's here and has a very 
like non-capitalistic, very communal society in Mm -hmm. contrast to Sestoria not too far away that like, I think there's a lot of cool things there that we've gotten to explore. And I wanted to ask, like, uh, how did you decide to put that together and form that into this this character? Uh, I think it was kind of like subconsciously a love letter to a culture that I was raised close to, but never like fully immersed in. Like growing up a lot of my formative years, I was surrounded by a lot of very lovely indigenous women who kind of like, you know, opened their hearts to me and like were giving me teachings of like their their culture and their past. And like a big thing in Canada is like, you know, the discrimination of indigenous people. Mm. And it's always really been like really close to my heart. And so I wanted to create this like society where it was like that kind of atrocity had never happened. And these people have been living happily their entire lives. Um, Yeah, it was basically just a like a love letter to this culture that has been lost, you know, kind of. I'm sure there's still many, you know, indigenous peoples out there living their traditional lives. But for a lot of Canadian uh, indigenous people, they've lost their way of living. And I think Patrick's choice of like what happened with home was like, wow, beautiful, like really just transcended uh, the themes of the character that it brought to him, you know, because I didn't I did not know what was happening with home. And it made like it was like such a good real world like oh god yeah the dichotomy of industrialization moving in literally Mm. was like so and like stepping point (laughs) yeah and stepping back into it like that was like my first thing like coming back i feel through a portal and it's like here's a lake and then it's like i walk in having not played with you guys in a while like last time we were like in a mud like fucking tunnel and we just walked some dudes and then it was like oh my gosh i came back (laughs) and it was like I almost felt bad. I was like, I wish I could have I could I have prevented this had I been mm-hmm. with the party, right? Like yeah. not even like you know just like Elias uh, had that guilt. Tyler almost this is like, oh my gosh! Like I wish I could I could have helped this world a lot more. Like you know, it almost created this yeah. like interesting personal like stakes and guilt, um, yeah. having just been like away from the party for a little bit, and it was for just sure. a really deft sort of move um, by. You know, Pat, to kind of embrace that what you brought to the table for that, because it did feel like a um, like one of my favorite moments, I think, since I've been back was when we kind of carved that like, you know, home. Right. Or why not? Right. Remember. Remember. Mm. Right. Into Mm -hmm. the the landscape. Um, That was one of my favorite moments, too. And that was just like spur of the moment. But it was like, this is actually perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it is so understated. Yeah, it is. It's understated. And it's really just. It was really beautiful because it's like one of those things where it's very easy to forget, like how mm-hmm. many, like all of the all of this land used to belong to indigenous people, and yeah. it is from you know Canada, the United States, all of it, right? And so, yeah, for sure. you know, the fact that like in this low key way we get to kind of just actually physically remember that it's just it, mm-hmm. it it's a, just it's awesome, and it just like kind of really speaks to how wonderful Pat is. To embrace these sorts of, uh, <laughs> these I was sorts about of to go there just, too, yeah. this world. He just got back and he put on his headphones. So I was waiting. I was delaying my because uh, he was he's a little emotional at the moment. So you know because uh, he's he's a good guy and he like you know he's one of those people yeah. that he's very sweet and you always want to shower that sort of person with compliments but they don't take them well because um, I feel like he doesn't secretly <laughs> deserve it deep down oh. but he actually does because I'm the same type of way buddy. Believe in you. There's um, a lot of so psychology there. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just trying to time that compliment to when he put his headphones back on. But, yeah. you know, I yeah, we were just talking about Atreus the and um, her, the culture of Atreus and how you kind of incorporated that into the world a little bit. Yeah, dude, I, I got up. I, I broke when I got to the door. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we're going to break you more next time because we, yeah, we want to kind of do this again with some more like uh, some other questions because we weren't sure like we're going to do this. So now we're, we've kind of piqued our own I'll curiosities. I'm going to fucking kill you next time we record. Uh, <laughs> that's fine we'll come back with more like you think this character oh. loves you you'll wait to see the next one no legit like got up had to go pee stopped at the door and just fucking broke yeah uh, well you, deser- you I mean it's, I would say cathartic. you deserve it but like uh, <laughs> you deserve it you're shittier man like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have had to break so it's, it's catharsis you know it's it's uh it's a way to exercise oh, our demons man. every so yeah. often. And uh, in a we'll world of yeah. instant gratification <laughs> with social media and, and horrible oh, news man. and bad economy and people suffering. and Capitalism. Get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get together and be able to uh, tell stories and be goofy, but also mirror some of the issues in the world into the story to make it you know, we can fix it here. You might not be able to fix it in the real world, or you can try, but it's a lot easier here to try to cathartically feel better about your place on this planet. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's like, I could totally blame our hiatus now on the uh, decision of Wizard of the Coast to <laughs> try to... <laughs> but, you no, know, no license. Yeah, that's those <laughs> protest, guys. It was a protest. Um, definitely not my, my schedule to play. But yeah, like, you know, having been immersed in a sort of different type of creative experience with this play now, um, doing a play called uh, Born Yesterday here in Seattle, and it's like, you know, it's it's so interesting how different art forms can touch on different themes, but like, you know, with a play, there's only certain there's only a certain amount of things you can do with something that's already been written and has been written for a long time. And like, you can emphasize certain themes and you can emphasize certain like, you know, lines take on different meaning because the context is now different. Right. Um, but there's such there's a beauty to this sort of freeform storytelling that we're able to do on this podcast. And, uh, you know, it's for all you out there who are, you know, kind of curious about, you know, what, like why have why have D and D real play podcasts and and shows taken off in recent years? And I think it's you can see that there's a sort of dynamic form of storytelling that it it's this sort of system um, and TTRPGs in general, like they bring to a table. It's this sort of freedom to kind of explore these sorts of things and hit with the power of like fiction, um, mm-hmm. while also kind of bringing the dynamism of like a show or you know. Um, you know, you know, you get, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. like, it's, it's a, it's so many interesting words. To a company that I think it has to do with the personal, uh, 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 what the fuck's the word I'm looking for? You're diving in yourself. You're being something either you want to be or you're being mm, yourself. Yeah. You're diving in and you're just in it. Yeah. I don't know the word, the term an, right it's now, an because thank ex- you guys for breaking me up. It's <laughs> but, an intense, <laughs> I, will, I will say like, it's an intense excavation of self. Um, thank you yes and it's just fully on display in a a certain through a certain lens right and personal exploration through uh character creation mm -hmm. and exploration yeah like doubt and things like that are something i've absolutely you know i've I've been i mean i voiced a video game that's 
like sold over 15 million units worldwide and i still have like doubts about whether or not i could be a voice actor right and it's just like wonder what game that could be well we don't have to advertise that it's it's sold well <laughs> we don't have to advertise i don't get royalties i'm only like cares. halfway through a new game plus i should keep going yeah i believe <laughs> um but you know it's it's one of those things where it's like i still sell a, like i you know I experience doubt and like Elias is so powerful and like he experiences doubt and it's like, well, how can he this like he can f- literally breathe elements, you know, like that. That's insane. If I could do that, I feel great face. about myself, but maybe not. And like that's it's like that's a thing. And it kind of creates not only this parallel oh, yeah. experience or this question. Right. Um, I was told in my fiction writing program uh, when uh, growing up that like. You know, basically every author sits down with a question they'd like to answer with every book that they write, right? Um, and you bring that to the table with character creation, I feel like, as well. But then you also, you know, it the question becomes multiple, uh, you know, multiple questions. As it evolves, as you answer a question, then you become a different person over the course of how, uh, a couple of years. We've, you know, uh, been recording this or at least a year at this point. Um, completely different person than I was when I first started Elias, right? So it's just in that dynamism and that that the, the effect of time, um, you know, an author rarely gets to be to age at the same rate as their characters. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. Well, I see that. Well, that sounded yeah. profound. So I'm glad you guys all kind of assented <laughs> after the fact. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, <laughs> as, as someone that didn't have any acting experience whatsoever, I never had, you know, I never took it in middle school college you know i did a couple like elementary school you know plays where i was like a background character or something you're a fantastic tree yeah or a shepherd or something you know something um i always enjoyed it but i was such an introverted kid and lived inside myself until i went away to college and learned to open up and even then i still had to learn how to be as social as i could be um because like most people you have like traumas and experiences you experience as a kid that you took you a while to get over and to like uh ex- uh become better than what you experienced as a child uh with your environment and i think this role playing game has given me personally an opportunity to say things in a character's voice that i wish was easy for me to do in my own everyday voice and it gives you strength to be better in real life for those types of things. Oh, I agree, Pat. This was the best goddamn episode ever. He said into the chat. <laughs> You're not supposed to read consumption. my text in the Google chat. Fuck. Um, it is really Jesus. interesting to me what themes everyone has chosen to explore with their characters. <sighs> and I feel like it really like even coming in late to it. I feel like I knew. <laughs> I feel like I knew everyone better just from knowing the character and like knowing the flaws that they had presented and the anxieties that they were going through it's like okay like these people are human you know like it's i can be myself around them and i can like explore themes that i haven't previously wanted to dive into personally and like that kind of stuff has been really uh like healing as well and i and i know you probably have similar experiences with that oh yeah Yeah. with that well i get to learn more about other people's experiences and that I didn't, that I would have never known about if I didn't know you as people and characters, you know, it's like, you yeah. know, living in the Midwest, you don't exactly get a whole lot of variety of people you meet. Am I the first lesbian <laughs> you've met, Matt? No, but your first uh, lesbian I've played D&D with. 
Yeah, high five. <laughs> yeah. And Wait, I, what? You know, no. Honestly, the fact that, like, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Pat. You go first. No, no, we, no. We, no, we no, consider no. this next time. That's fine. No, no. My my question is for Atreus. Okay. And slash auto. <laughs> when I, as a DM, decided to destroy your character's home. We sort of touched this while you are in the bathroom, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we oh. touched on it a little bit. I was <laughs> saying that... Finish uh, your question. <laughs> how did that make yeah. you feel? I, so, like I had said, when you were in the bathroom, I honestly was just like, you know, I did not appreciate it, but it was like, it was a a very smart choice, I think, because uh, Atreus is kind of a love letter to all of the, like, strong indigenous women who helped raise me. And I'm not indigenous myself. I was just raised close to the culture um and you know i wanted to create her in kind of like this world where these atrocities had never happened but it like and i'm not saying like oh indigenous people have to experience atrocities and like generational trauma but for me as someone who is not indigenous to like be able to tackle that and like uh explore it in a way that you know hopefully is tasteful and like well done and like not you know you know it it it, it was a lot of feelings mm-hmm. and i think it was uh a good choice because it was like yeah these are these are the terrible things that have happened to indigenous people in in canada in the united states and like these atrocities are still happening and it's not something that we can just escape from like we need to be mindful of these things mindful of the fact that like the land that we live, play, and work on is a stolen land, you know? And I think reflecting the uh, industrialization of a previously untouched place was a very, uh, it was a very mindful choice, I think, for sure. Yeah. And, I, and we, well, while you're in the bathroom, Pat, and you'll probably hear this when it's uh, <laughs> goes back to it, uh, just talking about like when I came back to the campaign and like that was one of the first things, you know, like give me a constitution saving throw to like, if I get like physically ill when I see all these trees cut down, felt kind of like, I'm like, okay, that's kind of an obvious choice to make at the time. But then I was like, as I sat with it, I'm like, as I got physically sick, it's like, as someone who wants to protect their home, and that's like mm-hmm. literally their entire identity, to see someone mm-hmm. else's home ravaged in such a irreversible and violent, visceral way, it's like, of course they would be, you know, sick, right? Um, just as, you know, Nate was mm-hmm. sick as his cat jumped on his computer and I'm pretty sure it just like <laughs> yeah. ejected him from the meeting. Sorry, He's back now. Alfie hung up on you and yes. I had to rejoin. Hilarious. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like Alfie. it was, in, and th- th- those are the things that kind of keep surprising me, right? With with this whole experience is like these little moments of like, this feels like an obvious choice, you know, like my, my MFA brain being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then it like, sneaking up on me in this as this like profound thunderclap of like no oh. no young man this is probably the <laughs> deepest thing you've ever experienced <laughs> sometimes yeah, simple things can yeah. be quite profound and powerful and i'm like yeah. oh daddy yes of course um, yes, yeah, yes. DM daddy. he's a secret <laughs> genius at this point so well even go into the freaking crossroads town it's like right it's like okay i'm sure well, maybe he had plans for a deeper meaning but <laughs> i think we going from home to crossroads i think i think part of us we we created something but also i think pat had a certain idea but it's like all of a sudden it turned into 
we have to save these people because they're being bullied by people that are just stronger than them. And they're using their power to just bully these people. And we have to save them. And we yeah, just made it our mission. Other people with we, our power. Yeah. We just made it our and mission. And then vacuum. It's like, well, I guess we'll just leave now because we've got yeah. other shit to do. And, and it's like, right right everything's great. No. Pat's yeah. like, how are you going to, you're going to leave these people high and dry without anything? Oh, right fuck. after that now episode, we gotta figure I was like, yeah. what is government? I've never felt it more a, like America. It was America. a really interesting exploration of like the white savior yeah. complex. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. Which like, yeah. I, I, really enjoyed that it's literally yeah. like watching was that what like, was going through your head film. as you jumped off the roof onto the guy <laughs> <laughs> a little i was like oh man this is showing it's the better, caucasian better than avatar Wait, what have we done <laughs> yeah yeah and it was a really interesting like i mean i'm literally standing there like flash motion uh, of like oh shit are we the bad guys yeah, is this is what we're doing we the like, is, are we, is this a good thing for us to be doing right yeah. now we're just having coffee you know but it, it ended and like the fact that gilead's presence in Greenspire, like clearly there was something deeper going on there was more of a connection to the hive than maybe we anticipated so like it does seem like it was the right move now in retrospect but like at that point and then also like bringing dante in bring a ghost from resident's past into this sort of fold was a really just interesting <sighs> deft move yeah. as well to kind of like because you know and that's i think the thing it's like you kind of you know and like bring toby into Greenspire, right all these little moments to like allow these characters like little touchstones from their past to like uh, impact how they operate in the present i was is really wonderful and rich very i was very intrigued to say the least in that the point of view that all of a sudden i saw you guys seeing dante in was like not at all how i pictured him but then when i saw it from your point of view i was like oh fuck yeah he's 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 kind of like a slave trader um i was looking at him like a like almost like a like a foster father figure but that's because i was raised by him and lit and grew up in that environment and that's what i knew mm-hmm. and from outside looking it's like oh he was using you for slave labor to him yeah, yeah. But, but like that's but, kind of but like- also too he wasn't like a horrible person but he was doing hor- some horrible things. It's just like a very complicated character that I think I'd love to dive more into his character. Yeah. Um, and uh, knowing Pat, we probably will. <laughs> it's just such a rich. Yeah, there's so much to He'll him. Just show up. Dante He'll show up. In Dante has at least. I just live here. Yeah, Dante has at least <laughs> nine layers. Oh yeah. Thank you. In Dreamspire um, has wow, 255. Wow. With that Inferno joke, <laughs> yes, I, I yeah. must depart. That's going to be his new club, Dante. <laughs> All right, sign us off, Pat. But I would like to thank every single one of you for not only playing along with me, but trusting me and just following me on my little journey that I'm trying to create. You all make me so goddamn happy. Thank you so much for listening to this special roundtable episode of Misfits Guide to Adventuring. If you'd like to find any of the cast on Twitter, you can check our episode bio for everyone's individual handles, or you can follow us on our main group page at Cast O Many Things.
I would like to give a special shout out to our friend of the show, Chloe Elliott, for composing our new theme song featured in episode 100. If you'd like to see more of Chloe's work, please follow her on Twitter at Chloe, C-L-O, underscore with the flow, or you can hear her on Deck of Many Aces, a real play podcast featuring many of our dear friends. You can find all our episodes by searching Cast of Many Things on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or any app of your choice. And if you enjoy our content, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or Podbean. Lastly, you can reach out through our email castofmanythings at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page. The point is, on this very special episode 100, we would absolutely love to hear from you, our amazing friends. We'll see you all next time on Misfits Guide to Adventuring.